Hey everyone, welcome to Be The Change. My name is Lily Mott, and today I'm going to be talking about how change comes when you build up your personal skills. My guest this week is Ishan Vishwakarma, and he is the creator of the docu-series Outspoken Narrative. Ishan is working on creating documentaries about a variety of different topics, and he shared some of his current projects as well as plans for the future of Outspoken Narrative. I really learned a lot from this conversation, so without further ado, Let's get started with this episode featuring Ishan Vishwakarma. So basically, my name's Ishan. I'm based on the East Coast. And uh, right now, one of my biggest projects, uh, which has been going on for about a year, is my docuseries uh, called The Outspoken Narrative. So I've been creating documentaries alongside a team of high school and college students from around the world. And um, we've been creating documentaries for over a year. And um, over the past season, um, we raised, we garnered over 170,000 views and um, uh, major support from National Geographic photographers, uh, Pulitzer Prize winning journalists, and international film competitions. And um, we have been able to have genuine, long-lasting impacts on audiences in terms of educating them on a bunch of different topics. And more specifically, um, we're shifting to uh, conservation and climate change topics. So um, yeah, that's kind of what uh, that's kind of what I'm doing right now. And um, uh, I'm basically creating content for uh, conservation awareness. So yeah. That's a great start, and as a journalism student who has worked in video production and editing, I'm super interested to learn more about the work you're doing because documentary production is so difficult. And I'd love for you to start off by giving me a little bit more about the work you're doing with Outspoken Narrative, and I'd just love to know more about the context, about how it was created, just more about the background of Outspoken Narrative. How did the docuseries get started? What inspired you to choose this medium? Yeah, so um, basically what we wanted to do is that we knew that um, there was a burst of infographic content on Instagram in, in midst of uh, 2020. And while infographics can be useful, they don't tell as much of a compelling narrative as what a film can tell and what a film can show. So what we wanted to do is we wanted to stand out and that's why we chose to take on filmmaking. It, was, it wasn't necessarily climate change filmmaking or conservation filmmaking. Now we have narrowed down and we, we're specifically focusing on nature filmmaking. But um, in, a, in season one, where we released 12 episodes, each around 10 minutes, we did a bunch of different topics. We did politics, we did um, pop culture, we did uh conservation obviously and um we were experimenting around with what type of film really worked the best for us and was most accessible for viewers as well as us to produce so what happened is that there was this really big breakthrough um i think it was 
in 2020, um, yeah, somewhere around the, there was um, this location called the Arctic Refuge, which was at stake for oil drilling. So there was going to be a bid to open the Arctic Refuge for for oil companies to go and start drilling and um, start uh, endangering the population and uh, native animals of that area. So what happened was that we found out about this issue and we made a documentary within the span of two weeks, really. And this documentary did really well. Uh, we got, I think right now we are at like 50,000 views on a bunch of different platforms combined. Uh, we got 50,000 views and, and we won a bunch of film competitions as well. And that's where we realized that conservation filmmaking and nature filmmaking, there's definitely a real necessity for content relating to the state of the world and the climate change and a bunch of issues that the world faces. So it was a gradual, it, it definitely didn't come naturally. It took a long time to get where we are right now. But we, we learned and progressed, and now we have a team of around 25 kids from around the world. And uh, yeah, we release a documentary every month. Alongside, we do collaborations with the best photographers around the world. And we release a short film every month as well. So a lot of content. Yeah, I didn't realize that the project involved so many different forms of media, and that's so exciting that you've been able to develop it in that way, because that's huge, having so many different platforms. So what would you say has been your favorite project to work on so far? Do any of them stand out to you as being particularly impactful or maybe especially important to you? Does anything like that come to mind for you? I mentioned the Artographies one, and that was that, the only reason that really stuck with me is because the situation was so dire and it and it was so the it was so time sensitive that it was amazing how quickly us like we as a team were able to pull it off for context making a 10 minute film in a, in the span of like 2 weeks with we interviewed a national geographic like award winning national geographic photographer who has operated in the Arctic Refuge for like the majority of his life. And, and like getting those things to align was incredible. We interviewed researchers in Alaska. We interviewed Native Americans based in Alaska, the Gwich'in population, which was an incredible, insightful interview. And it was that film that really showed me that there is a community in conservation unlike any other field. Like there's finding communities within politics is really challenging. We made a film on the Capitol riots and um, what happened uh, when the Capitol was overthrown. That was a, it, it was a successful film. It's just we didn't get the support or guidance that, that we wanted to create the film to its fullest capacity. But with the Arctic Refuge, we had so many sources, so many um, people willing to tell the story and, and, and share their perspective. And that was like a really key part that kind of decided us, decided of a future for us at the Oxford Narrative that we would do climate change filmmaking and nature filmmaking. Another like really core film that I really enjoyed was um, 
of our first film of this next season, uh, of this new season, season two, uh, we released our first film about like two weeks ago. And that was the first film that we went in person uh, after COVID restrictions had been lifted. We went in person and we um, shot locally um, in Richmond. And it was a film on environmental racism. And uh, we, everything was sourced to us. We had a uh, original soundtrack. We had a uh, drone pilot shoot drone footage for us. We had um, three interviews. Um, we had like a whole bunch of things that came together for that. And it was like a three month project. So it was like the like my first experience, like working on a long-term project. Cause usually we take one month to make the film. And this one was like, a lot more intensive and, and, and a much larger project, but um, it really paid off. Um, it really paid off. So those are like the two of my most favorite films. I think that's a great point about how much work goes into making documentaries because I don't really think people realize how many hours of filming and editing go into making just five or 10 minutes of a video. So thank you for sharing that. I have kind of a different question for you now. If you could go back in history and film any event, any event at all, which would you go back to and why? Oh, that's a really good question. I have to think a little bit, but I know it was actually quite recently and I don't think I'd make a documentary on it, but I think just experiencing it being the, um, I don't know if you've heard of it, but the uh, Darwin's art, um, it recently collapsed. Like, I, I think it happened like a year ago. It, it's like a natural structure that it's like a really cool art arc that like collapsed due to natural like occurrences. It was just um, being eroded over years. I think I saw it everywhere and I, I just, I, I felt so distanced because I, I haven't, even though making documentaries on like the like nature and stuff like that you don't especially if you're in high school especially if you're a student you don't get to go out like and and like experience the places that you want to experience and and experience the places that you're making the documentaries on but yeah i i would have definitely wanted to experience the arts before it collapsed and because um, I know it, it was a really big deal uh, when it happened. And um, there's also another thing. Um, we made a documentary on the Fair Creek blockade, which was a really big, it's ongoing right now, but it's a blockade in Vancouver, Canada, that's trying to preserve the last old growth trees of the area. So like they're the oldest trees in the in the world really um and, and they're being uh they're being threatened for logging right and um they this has been a historical issue because it happened once many years ago and that was uh last time it happened it was one of the largest civil disobedience acts in canadian history like there were there were thousands of people who showed up to protest in vancouver canada against logging and um that would have been a really cool uh place to make a documentary but yeah the the art the arts i would definitely just go there to experience it it, it was really a beautiful place 
that's really interesting and definitely not something I knew that much about. So thank you for sharing that. Switching gears a little bit. What is the best advice you've gotten from someone or maybe are there any words of wisdom that you try to live by? Does anything like that come to mind for you? I've heard a lot of advice going into like getting started into making the documentaries. I would I would look at a lot of YouTube videos. I I I, I tried to teach myself like how to run a organization and, and how to do it especially with a creative organization, how to do like how to create well. And what I saw was that the tutorials really didn't help me. It was just the experience that helped me like doing it hands-on. But one of the best um, things I heard, it was actually from a YouTube video by Marcus Brownlee. Um, he, he is a tech YouTuber. Um, and, and he he made a YouTube video about about just his creative process and and like how he creates. And um, one of the things he said, and I'm paraphrasing, but one of the things he said is that um, knowing that you have progressed is being able to look back at your past works and and seeing how bad they were. Like if if you can if you can realize that you've grown and if you can realize that you are a better creator by looking at your past works and being not ashamed by it, but like being <laughs> kind of laughing at yourself. Um, if you can do that, then, then clearly you, you've progressed. Like you, you're showing growth. You're getting, you're becoming a better creator. You're becoming a better uh, individual and you're becoming, you're becoming a better storyteller. And um, I think that's really important because I, I sometimes, I mean, I think a lot of people do it, but sometimes I go way too hard on myself because why would I create that like horrible piece of content? But now the fact that I think it was bad has shown that I'm, I've become a better storyteller and I had to go through that path. I had to create bad stuff to get progressively better. And by no means am I perfect right now. And uh, probably like two two years down the road, I'm gonna think that the documentaries I'm making right now could have been ten times better. But um, it's definitely progress that you shouldn't be ashamed of. That's great advice, and I think it's great inspiration to keep working and keep getting better. I think it ties in really well with the idea of only competing with yesterday's version of yourself because you're always just trying to improve your own skills and your own work. And I think that's so important to remember. So thank you for sharing that. I have one last question for you. Lots of young people, particularly college students, high school students, want to create change and they want to make a difference in the world, but they may not know how or maybe where to get started. Do you have any advice for those people who may be listening? The best option is that you work on yourself and you get yourself to a to a place where you can contribute to a movement in terms of creativity you you work on your skills like creative skills like filmmaking or or painting or, or writing like you you build up your personal skills and you get yourself to a place where you can genuinely contribute i think especially in 2020 uh and after the events which happened and like after the pandemic everyone wanted to do something and everyone did stuff it's just sometimes it wasn't the most effective because they didn't know what was needed and and usually they didn't have the skills to contribute genuinely 
to the causes that they want to do. I even tried that. And I learned that if you don't have your basis, if, if you don't have your core values, if you don't have a good understanding of your abilities, you won't be able to help anyone else. And that's the best thing that any young person can do. Like build up your skills, build up your abilities through like experimenting and um, and and creating uh, bad things and, and, and getting better as you go and um, just uh, constantly looking for new opportunities to talk to people as well. Like talking to people is a, is a really strong way of learning. Uh, that's what I've learned through like interviewing a bunch of people through the documentaries. You learn so much by conversation. So um, definitely focusing on yourself and not worrying too much about giving back to the world. Uh, because the more you focus on yourself, the rest will come eventually. I have so much respect for the work Ishan's doing, and I'm so glad I got to bring him on the show to share about Outspoken Narrative. I want to quickly highlight Ishan's advice about working on your own personal skills because I really liked his explanation. I respect Ashan for talking about how important it is to focus on your own growth and working to be better than you were in the past. I love the idea about getting to the point where you can laugh at your own work from the past because you've progressed so well to get to the point where you're at now. Focus on your own personal growth and become the best version of yourself. Because, as Ashan explained, change comes when you build up your personal skills. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and you can connect with Ashan on Instagram at Ashan underscore Vishwakarma and you can check out Outspoken Narrative at Outspoken underscore Narrative on Instagram as well. If you want to talk about anything I mentioned, please reach out to me by email at lily at bethechangepodcast.org or on Instagram at bethechangepodcast. Tune in for my next episode, but until then... Be the change you wish to see in the world. Bye, guys.